Hi, welcome to Pitt Town Church. We are so glad that you're listening to this podcast. We pray that this sermon encourages you in your walk with Jesus. If you would like more information, check out our website at www.pitttownchurch.com. The first reading comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, concerning those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest, who have no hope. Since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, in the same way God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. For we say this to you by a revelation from the Lord. We, who are still alive at the Lord's coming, will certainly have no advantage over those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are still alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The second reading comes from Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 8. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea no longer existed. I also saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will no longer exist. Grief Crying and pain will exist no longer because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. He also said, Write, because these words are faithful and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give water as a gift to the thirsty from the spring of life. The victor will inherit these things and I will be his God and he will be my son. But the cowards, unbelievers, vile, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters and all liars, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. This last Monday... The 14th of September, in the year of our Lord, 2020, our friend, our pastor, husband, father, godly servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, Greg Peasley, went to be with his Lord Jesus, his Lord, his Saviour, and his friend. Together we give thanks to God for the life and the service to many, many people that Greg had and undertook. Greg is now gone. 
This is sad news. And we can say this together with assurance. We shall miss Greg Peasley. And this is glad news. We can say this with assurance. Greg is with Jesus. Jesus Christ is the only one who can speak with assurance about life after death. And the Apostle Paul spoke and wrote with the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. His spirit enabled Paul to write this letter from which we had read to the church in Thessalonica. Indeed, Paul had written after he had established the church in Thessalonica. We hear about that church for the first time in Acts 16, 17. And next week, we're going to pick up the baton again with our series on Acts so that we can hear more about that missionary journey. And Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, having planted and then encouraged and nurtured and taught and pastored them. And as I read about what Paul did and wrote, it reminds me of Greg's life and ministry. For what he has done under God at Wilberforce, and then across at the Arndell School, and most recently here in Pitt Town. And if I might be so bold as to summarize what I imagine Greg would say to us today as we look at 1 Thessalonians 4 and Revelation 21, it would be something like this. Don't worry about me. I'm with Jesus. Now you go and tell people about Jesus. Greg was an anytime anywhere with anyone, let's share the love of Jesus kind of guy. Like Paul. Paul was uh, an anytime, anywhere with anyone, let's share the love of Jesus kind of guy. And as I said, the Apostle Paul spoke and wrote with the authority of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And the risen Jesus Christ is the only one who can speak with assurance about life after death. And if you want to have a look with me at the words in uh, the book, uh, the letter, uh, in the Bible, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, from verse 13, Paul wrote these words, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Now these last few weeks have not been easy in the body for Greg or for the Peasley family, and yet, Greg went to be with Jesus in his sleep. He left this world gently and sweetly. And it is a fitting gift from God for Sue and for Greg's family that he did not leave us in the turmoil of physical bodily brokenness. Rather, he died gently in his sleep. We are to be thankful to God to hear how he released Greg from his broken body. Now death is the physical end for Greg here on earth. And we shall miss him. 
with pain, with grief. And death is an enduring sleep from the perspective of those who remain on earth. Yet, God's word tells us that Greg is more alive than he has ever been. Now, we might find that hard to believe, given that Greg was such a physical, active man in this life. But it's true. Greg is now alive in heaven. And in this letter, Paul does not want us to be left guessing about where Greg has gone. Paul does not want you and I to be left guessing about where we will go when we die. He understands that we shall grieve, and we do grieve when we lose loved ones, but we do not grieve like those without hope. We are not like the rest of mankind. Uh, We can, like the rest of mankind, uh, look back on a life well-lived, Certainly in Greg's case, a life well-lived and well-loved. Very often, people can look back on on the lives of loved ones and celebrate lives well-lived. Not always. But brothers and sisters in Christ can also look forward with hope. How is this? Well, Paul goes on to say in verse 14, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And he says, so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. You see, we look back to the historical event of the crucifixion of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and we see that he died on a cross in our place to forgive us for our rebellion against God. He died on a cross in our place to endure God's wrath against our rebellion against him. And we look back at the historical event of the resurrection of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. He was raised from death to demonstrate his power and authority over death. And he was raised from death into a new body which has taken him to heaven and endures to the new creation. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again and that Jesus promises to take us to be with him. In his letter to the Corinthian church, uh, the first one that we have preserved for us, Paul uh, also established that church on his first missionary journey, as we'll see. But he describes Jesus being raised as the first fruits of the harvest, the forerunner of those raised. And when we put our faith in Jesus' death for our forgiveness and for the raising of his body as our hope, then we have a hope for the future. He promises that those who trust in him will be raised again. Now, there will be differing views on exactly what happens to our loved ones when they die. Um, Our family have been blessed since we've been in Australia to have a kind of a surrogate family, a foster family, if you like. And they always invite us round to Christmas and Easter. And uh, just this last Easter, we were sat there with the... um, the the older family members, the couple who've been married for 50 years, and we were having a conversation about what happens after death. And you know, it's never too late to learn something about your partner, because these two discovered round the lunch table that they had different views about what happens after death. They'd spent all that time knowing one another and discovered something new, but they were also glad to learn that each of them had kind of heavy hitters standing on either side of their views. Two big theologians thinking their thoughts with them, if you like. Martin Luther believed our loved ones have an unconscious soul sleep 
until they will meet Jesus when he returns to take all his people with him. John Calvin believed our loved ones immediately joined the Lord Jesus in heaven, without the body, in the spirit, so to speak. Now, both these wonderful people sat with that difference, but it helps us, I think, to try and work out which view is more likely. And so what we're going to do is just look to the language that the Bible uses. Because Paul in his other writings confirms how this sleep is simply a metaphor for the body. In his uh, second letter to the Corinthians in chapter 5, he says that he longs to be away from the body and present with the Lord. He longs in Philippians chapter 1 to depart and be with Christ, but stays for the good of others. You see, Paul here does not seem to speak about a state of spiritual unawareness for the person who has left us. And I believe that the balance of Scripture confirms to us that Greg is now with the Lord Jesus in heaven. Uh, Christians who are dead in the body are as asleep to us, but alive in heaven right now with Jesus. Now, whichever way we do understand God's word on this matter, the point of Paul's writing is to say, be comforted. As we heard from Terry at the beginning, the comfort that we have is a comfort that we can share with others, assured that we are to be comforted. For the next experience of our loved one and the next experience of Greg, who has died in Jesus, is that he will see Jesus face to face. God's word assures us that those who have left us and have put their trust in Jesus as Savior and Lord, those who have left us to be with Jesus will stay with Jesus. No one and nothing can wrestle them away from Jesus' presence. And they will be there until we are reunited with them and every other beloved one who belongs to him has left us. Uh, Jesus will bring those who seem to be asleep to us back with him at the end of time, for death will not go on forever. Jesus will return. Have a look at verse 15 with me. Paul writes, according to the Lord's word, and here I think he's referring to Jesus' own words in Matthew 24, when Jesus says the Son of Man will send his angels with a loud trumpet call to gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. That according to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, those who are left until the Lord returns, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. In other words, those who are left when the Lord Jesus finally comes back won't precede those who have already fallen asleep. Uh, Jesus' other disciple, John, writes about how Jesus promises his disciples to prepare a place for them in John 14, 3. And then John, again, in the same gospel, writes how there's a time coming when all in their graves will hear the voice of Jesus, uh, chapter 5, verse 28, and rise to life having done good, that is, trusting in Jesus for their salvation. And those of us who are alive, whenever that may be, when the Lord returns, will meet Jesus but not be first. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, the dead in Christ will rise 
first. Now, it's poignant and pertinent that this weekend is the Jewish New Year. It is the year 5,781 in the Jewish calendar, and it is Rosh Hashanah. It is the celebration of the trumpets where the shofar is blown, the trumpet, the Jewish trumpet is blown, to call people to repentance and to speak of the future Messianic hope. Now, the Bible trumpets blown remind us and our Jewish friends of the coming judgment. But for those of us who know Messiah Jesus, it affirms that Jesus has come to deliver us from the judgment. And Paul, as a Jew, is very familiar with this and the promises of God in the Old Testament and how these connect with Jesus' return and the blowing of the trumpets. And he says in his letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15, we will not all be asleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. Coming back to Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and we will be with the Lord forever. And this is describing the final days, the final days of creation as we know it, when Jesus will come to make everything new. Now, if this is all relatively new to you, I think I just want to say in summary that God really just makes sure that he gives us enough jigsaw pieces to kind of get the picture but not see every detail, but to know enough that his people are safe in the end. Isaiah 34 and Revelation 6 say that the heavens will at that time be rolled up like a scroll. That from Matthew 24, Mark 13 and Revelation 6, this refers to the, the stars all falling out of the sky. Creation as we know it and heaven as we understand it now will ultimately be rolled up into a new creation when Jesus returns. Waiting for the heavens and the earth to be prepared now for that new creation. And as a certain hope of eternal life, Jesus promises to take his people to be with him forever. These words are true. Verse 18, Paul says, encourage one another with these words. Now, how are these words encouraging to us? Well, firstly, because we who trust in Jesus will see Greg again. Jesus wants us to be certain about that. Secondly, the transformation of this visible broken world and the invisible perfect heaven will be a time at which all the bad stuff will be gone and all the best stuff will continue and all the wrong things will be righted. We've read together from Revelation this year as we have prepared to farewell Greg. This was Greg's final chosen sermon series for us and it was a gift to his beloved church at Pitt Town Anglican Community Church. He wanted to remind us about where he was going and with whom he is living to enable us to have a sure and certain hope and to encourage one another in our faith. And the second reading we had for us is going back to Revelation chapter 21, where John describes how he saw a new heaven and a new earth 
for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And then he heard a loud voice in the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. He will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. And he will wipe away every tear from every eye. And there will be no more death and there will be no more grieving and there will be no more pain because the old order of things has passed away. This is the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ who's been raised from death. There will be no more tears and no more grief and no more pain. And he says in verse 5, Jesus, who was seated on the throne, he says, I am making everything new. Write these words down because they are trustworthy and true. Now, Greg made it clear to us how he wanted us to continue as a church after he had died. To share his faith and assurance that he was precious because Jesus had made him and Jesus has loved him. And listen, I don't pretend for a minute to say that I know Greg very well. I didn't. I'm a Johnny-come-lately. But I have heard Greg say and saw Greg model in the few short months I've been alongside him what you have seen 